Welcome, 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 my friends. I'm Lance Wallnow, and this I still have a Christmas tree up. I know it's kind of uh, late in the season at times, but I keep it up because, hey, I still want to see my Christmas tree. That's why I want it up. Now, listen, this season is going to be, oh, boy, what a year this is going to be. I'm beginning to hear the Lord talking about this year in a way I've never heard before, but I have an anticipation. Oh, I have an excitement in my spirit. There's been a spirit of lawlessness, a spirit of, oh, man, stupidity that's been released upon the United States. It's occupying such a stronghold in media domains and in academic domains that you would almost think that, uh, you know, there was no place for common sense, that the whole country's lost its mind, but it hasn't. A radical remnant of individuals have ascended the high places and taken control of what we call the mountains of influence in, in education, in government, in media, to an extent in the arts community and in corporate America. And when you overlap those forces, you've got a problem. And it's so bad a problem, it's like having a drunk pilot in the cockpit that's how you crash a plane. But we've been here before. You and I have been here. You know, when we were here, we were here in the book of Acts. The apostle Paul met up on a ship with, with the dumbos that were going to crash the ship, destroy the ship, because they wouldn't listen to the rabbi. The rabbi had information, inside information. Sirs, I perceive you shouldn't do this, but they did it. And they went through a storm. Storming is not going to stop for America, because that's, uh, how did the prodigal son turn, come to his senses? One day he woke up in a, with swine. So to an extent, there has to be a mingled experience in America, one which gives us hope of recovery, but enough pain to tell us we're on the wrong track. Be patient, people. God is in control. You are authorized is something I want to talk about today. You have an anointing and an authority to go someplace. You're going to go through the open door in 24. The Lord told me there is an open door in 24 and there are many adversaries. Powerful word, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. I'm going to cover it today. But you're authorized to go through the open door in spite of the adversaries. And when you do, you're going to ascend the hill of the Lord. You're going to be going up from level to level, from 30-fold to 60-fold to 100-fold. You're going to go up in elevation. If you could stay in the realm of the Spirit and the Word, in spite of the pressure of opposition, you're going to be activating a unique kind of a mantle this year. I believe it's the Mount Zion mantle. It's the mantle for the ascent. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. God's calling us up to this open door in the heavens. You can't get sucked into the cycle of what's on earth. You have more power on earth when you hang out with Jesus in the heavenlies. So I want you to visit lancewallet.com forward slash open door. You need these two. You're authorized and the Mount Zion mantle to go through the open door this year that I'm talking about. And it's going to be for your gift of any amount. I want to make sure you get this. Call 800-910-6349, 800-910-6349, or visit Lance Walna, W-A-L-L-N-A-U.com, forward slash open door. Let's go to 1 Corinthians now and see the verse. It came screaming out to me this year, and I thought I must have said this, heard this open door before. I mean, I've heard this rhyme around New Year's, charismatic, prophetic people always come up with some kind of a rhyme they've gotten. But this year was though I heard it for the first time because the Lord had it to me. Not like before with the open door. This time, you're going to see enemies at the king's gate. You're going to see the enemies at the gate. 
But don't let the enemies at the gate deter you from seeing the open door because there's going to be many, many adversaries. Wow. This is a call like I've never heard before. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. If you've got a Bible, please get a Bible when I do these. You know, it's so important that you have a Bible because you write with the Bible. It's an act of faith. You underline with your Bible. I have a multicolored pen. I underline sometimes warfare in red and blue for devotional promises and green for prophetic. I have my own little code. And then when I go to this Bible, it speaks to me of revelations from previous visitations. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily. And, uh, oh, that's, that's verse 19. Uh, verse 9. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. There's the verse I want. And where's the great and effective door? I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. The whole book of Ephesus that Paul has there is great little, you know, powerful six chapters comes out of his visitation to Ephesus and he says, a great and effective door is open to me and there are many adversaries. And so, um, and evidently I see over here Aquila and Priscilla are with him, working with him, and he had teammates that were with him. This is the year when you're really going to find your ecclesia, your team, your dream team that brings the dream of the Father down into your life. And you're going to go up from level to level. That's the Mount Zion mantle. We're going to go from 30-fold to 60-fold to 100-fold. We're going to move from the way into the truth into experiencing the life. We're going to watch this ascending the hill of the Lord take place. All right, now I want you to see Paul is in Corinth, chapter 18 of the book of Acts. And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, chapter 18, verse 1. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, and that goes into his partnership with these entrepreneurs he partners with. Now he's reasoning in the synagogue and persuading in verse 4. This is a, this is a, a kingdom. A lot of us love the supernatural. I'm going to tell you something. The supernatural will break out. But the thing we have not done an efficient job in is, is persuasion. It's not just persuasion uh, about... Um, about the gospel either. It's persuasion about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We'll cover that a little bit more. Paul was compelled by the Spirit to testify, and he's testifying to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blaspheme, oh, get this, they oppose him and blaspheme. So this is some, he's stirring up some serious resistance here in Corinth. And uh, they're willing to cuss him out and blaspheme. And so he says, I'm done with you. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. He departs from there and enters the house of a certain man named Justice. And the ruler of the synagogue believed on the Lord. His name is Crispus and his whole household. So Paul's getting the ruler of the synagogue converted. This is tough. They don't, the Jews don't want to hear it, but the pastors even believe in the message that Jesus is the Messiah. Now watch what happens. This is where, all that to lead up to verse 9. Paul has had beatings. He's had stonings. He's had violence. He's had threats. It's a remarkable man. But he did have anxiety. He did have fear. And then the Spirit of God would come upon him, or the zeal of the Lord would come upon him. Don't think of a first century Christian as, not, as being different than you. 
that robs you of the, of the joy of uh, accessing the ability to be like them. And it robs them of really the glory of seeing what they had to overcome to do what they had to do. Elijah was a man of like nature as you yourselves, the Bible says. And if it was Elijah, it was true for Paul. I'm saying that because Paul was thinking, oh boy, am I going to get a whipping and a beating? Am I going to have, am I going to be, you know, needing a divine healing here? Am I going to get, well, he could see the violence that was potential in the city. The Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. I love this. He must have been in prayer in the evening. I love the prayer times at night. They're so quiet. They're the easiest time for me to pray. So let's assume there that it's, you know, at night, 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock. Who knows? He's praying and he's, he's, he feels he's supposed to be there, but he's wrestling with this spirit taunting him with the violence that's about to be released against him. The Lord appears in a vision and says, do not be afraid. Why would God tell the man not to be afraid? Evidently, he was wrestling with the spirit of fear. Do not be afraid, but speak. and Don't be silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you because I have many people in this city. I often think of the benefit of being Calvinist like George Whitfield was and Charles Spurgeon was. When they preached, they believed God had ordained certain people to be born again in the crowd. Their faith was there to believe that God was going to open the ears and by grace speak to the heart. They believed that every time they went out by faith and obeyed God, God would give them a harvest of those that were ordained or predestined to go to heaven. It's an interesting theory. I know we're mostly Arminian in America's Protestant churches, but it makes you wonder if you knew everywhere you went when God says, I want you to speak, that there's going to be a harvest or God wouldn't have you do it. You know, I think it would build your faith. So Paul's being told, I have many people in this city. That's why you are authorized I want you to know you're authorized to go reap the harvest that God already has for you this year. There's a harvest in business. If God can trust you to seek first the kingdom and you're in the business mountain, he'll give you the wealth of influence and the wealth of access to have business. He'll put you at the top of the media mountain. If God can trust you with souls, he could trust you with media. I believe God wants to promote his people and I'm going to teach you and show you how the keys of stewardship are going to be taken from unfaithful people and given to the believers who will go up the mountain of God, ascend the hill of the Lord, take the mantle of God up to the top of the mountains, go up in influence, take on the devil, and don't be afraid. God has many people in the city that he's calling to, many, much business in the area that you're assigned to go into if you're going with him. That's the uh, Mount Zion Mantle. Go to lancewallet.com forward slash open door and grab it. Now he continues there for a year and six months teaching the word of God. So Paul's primarily doing a teaching ministry for a year and a half. And uh, he's teaching the word of God there because the Lord told him, don't be afraid. I've got a lot of people here who as soon as they hear this message, they're coming into this Corinthian church. Now I share that with you because a great door and effectual 
may mean that there are adversaries, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be touched by your adversaries. Because according to this verse here, no one would attack Paul or hurt him, and God gave him a special promise in Corinth. That was the one city he got that promise in. Now, why is it that cities will go in uproars like this? I don't really think we think it through. The only time you have an uproar is when somebody's vested interest is threatened by what you bring. Now, who could possibly be threatened by a message on life and, and blessing? Well, I'll tell you. Let's go to uh, the next chapter. Chapter 19, Paul goes to Ephesus. When Paul goes to Ephesus, watch what happens. He gets there in verse uh, 8. He goes into the synagogue and speaks boldly for three months, 90 days. He's there for three months. He's reasoning and persuading and persuading and reasoning, reasoning and persuading. People that, people that don't think, I remember there was one really weird period of time in the Christian churches, which were signs and wonders times, when a lot of preachers were saying, you know, Paul stopped like persuading and just went to the miraculous to go make his case. Never did that because it's a supernatural anointing to persuade with words, just like it's a supernatural anointing to persuade with signs. One is in flesh and the other spirit. Paul did both, bam, 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 all the time. Persuasion with demonstration. He continued for two years and reasoned daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Now, if you, if you realize this, he had to go to the school because he spoke boldly because in verse 9 it says, some were hardened and didn't believe and spoke evil. Well, just like back there in Corinth, they blasphemed, they got mad, they got in his face, spirit of division, shut up, you're an idiot, just Jesus is nothing other than born a fornication liar, this is a cult. Well, Paul said, that's it. I'm out of here. And he goes to a school of one Tyrannus. What's interesting is in the in the research, uh, the School of One Tyrannus is historically linked to a, a, a doctors, which brings one to the uh, conclusion that the School of One Tyrannus is possibly someone who Luke had ministered to, because Dr. Luke is writing the book of Acts. He traveled with Paul. And so it was the doctor that opened up a school, and it was Dr. Luke that probably helped to set it up. So Paul made the segue over to the school where this doctor was. And so every day he reasoned for two years. All who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord. Now God starts to ratchet it up. As the word of God goes forth, there's unusual miracles that are starting to happen. Handkerchiefs, cloths coming off of Paul's body, saturated by the anointing. Would go forth in the mail, go forth with somebody, carrying the residue of some living, tangible power that was imparted, a virtue and a piece of cloth. And when it was laid on somebody else, the virtue of the anointing that was on that cloth would drive the sickness or the demon, boom, right out of the body it came in contact with. Folks, that's some juice. I love this. Because it talks about, I remember one time I was in New England and a friend of mine, Ernie Fry. Had uh, He didn't have a, the Holy Ghost was so strong in a meeting. He didn't have a handkerchief. He was so frustrated, he grabbed the Kleenex. And he had Ruth Heflin, it was. It was an old woman intercessor prophet. And she laid hands on the Kleenex <laughs> and prayed for it to carry the virtue because there was something unusual happening in that meeting. 
And Ernie brought it to me at lunch. He was a brilliant man, too. He was very sober-minded. He was, uh, he was uh, one of the first members of the Millionaire Roundtable for insurance sales before he got saved. Great businessman. And Ernie said, touch this, Lance, and he put it in my hand. And it literally, boom, boom, it pulsated like it had a heartbeat. Boom, 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 boom. I said, what's that? He said, he said, I prayed, Ruth Heflin was praying over the cloth, and I believe it was the same thing as in the book of Acts. There's virtue in this. I could feel like, almost like it was a, like a pulse in it. Most unusual. Well, of course, what happens next is the, uh, they start confessing their occult practices. And there's an awful lot of idolatry there. Why do you think they're coming against abortion, uh, coming against pro-life this year on the left? Why is that an issue? Oh, Lance, don't get involved with politics. I don't get involved with politics. I get involved with history, and I find a context for how the Word of God applies to right now. You see, birth control, Planned Parenthood, abortion is two things in America. It's a huge business, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, secondly, it's a power alignment for Democrats. Abortion is their issue. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. So multi-billions of dollars goes into defending the right. We don't have that. We just got volunteers on our side and throwing some money into some organizations. It's a platform policy awkwardly supported by many Republicans because they, this is an issue mostly that Christians and Catholics care about. But what I'm saying to you is, you think times have changed? Listen to me. It's always about the money and the power. And you have to realize the persecution is coming against guys like Mike Johnson right now, who's uh, Speaker of the House, or, that, or people like me or other people that are preaching the Word of God right now. Now, if I just stayed in this book and only preached Bible things and never talked about the world around me or got involved with those devils in charge of those mountains, they'd leave me alone. I'd have a much bigger TV show. In fact, I was, I've, I've lost a quarter of a million followers and subscribers just because uh, YouTube and Google don't like what I say. Well, who do you think that is? They got pornography on. They got pro-Hamas on. Why are they taking me down? I'll tell you why. Because there's an anointing that the devil recognizes that can undo his power and his money. The Apostle Paul got into Ephesus so deep that they were bringing their magic practices, their idols, and they were burning their books, they were taking their idolatry and their little things that they were doing that were worshiping demons, and they were destroying them in public, and the word of God was prevailing. And what happened is that, uh, verse 24, a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, a person whose finances were tied into the idolatrous condition of the culture, was suffering financial loss because Paul was cutting into his territory. Politics is a $2.5 trillion industry. Do you know $2.5 trillion switches hands with every, every presidential election? That's a lot of dough, folks. Two million jobs get transferred with every presidential election. 
two million jobs and two trillion dollars worth of dough? You better believe you're going to have some demons upset if you carve into their agenda. So that certain man, Demetrius, the silversmith, made silver shrines to Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. So the craftsmen, the business people, they were making money off of this thing. And so everybody that was of similar occupation were hearing, hey, brethren, you know our prosperity, our trade. Democracy is under attack. Our business is under attack. And it's these, these people, these evangelicals like Paul, who's persuading them, they're turning people away. They're the enemy. Why do you think they think it interesting that Justin Trudeau up there in Canada shuts down the trucks, freezes their bank accounts, is now losing on his support for Ukraine and having pushback on his vax policies and pro-abortion pro agenda. And he, you know what he's saying it is? It's those make America great again, conservatives in America. It's those Christians. They're messing up Canada. The North American knows. That's like the same demon knows exactly where the problem is. It's the church screwing up Satan's agenda. Hallelujah! Well, so this guy, Demetrius, uh, the silversmith, is going to do much harm to Paul, and he's going to now, he's going to be fighting them. And so now, brethren, I commend you, Paul says, after three years, he stands with the disciples, he stays with them, he realizes that his, his assignment is up, but uh, it's, he has impacted the trade and the economics of darkness in the city. That's because he was authorized. You're authorized. You're authorized to be able to go. The stage is set. I want you to feel the warmth of the spotlight on your face. I want you to hear the audience getting quiet. You are mere moments away from the curtain rising and stepping into the performance of your life. You are authorized in spite of the battle in your mind to do something. And you're called to go ascend up those hills, ascend up to the open door, the open door, the open door. I want to go over to this set over here. I got five minutes. That's all I got, but I got to go over there because Paul literally ascended, uh, and with Ephesus especially, with the Ephesians, he, he teaches about ascending into the lofty high places where the church can have a, a position Yes, it's wrestling against something. It's hitting something. What is the church hitting? Principalities and powers in heavenly places. Principalities and powers in heavenly places. The uh, idea that you're authorized. I want to go, um, I think I'm going to cover this. I'll look at it this way. It's a heck of a way to clean a board. Look at that. I've got pink on my hand now. On the plains of Hebron or Israel, you see, the uh, children of Israel met with David, and they anointed him king. And when they anointed him, they anointed him king. He had already been anointed by God. But yet the Bible says they anointed him king at Hebron. What kind of an anointing was that? It wasn't the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was the anointing of recognition. I've only got five minutes here, and I pray to God you didn't miss what I just said because that was, that was loaded. David is over here. He's capable of ruling on 
Mount Zion. He's capable of bringing the church to a place where the government of Zion will be established. And this is going to happen in a place called Jerusalem. But right now they're in the plains of Hebron. The children of Israel are over there and their tribes are gathering together. They're kind of building consensus and they're all realizing, you know what? David is the one who is king. He's anointed by God. So they anoint him and recognize, you're authorized, David. You're authorized. Can I say this to you? This is the year when the favor of God comes upon you so that the people that need to know who you are recognize the anointing on you and release you to be authorized to do what God's called you to do. You've got an authority for something. If you don't mind me saying so, when you're authorized, you're literally in a, uh, it's like a three-legged stool you've got to be careful about. You have authority in the supernatural to go through open doors. You also have responsibility in the supernatural for an assignment that God gave you because the open door isn't for you, it's for the assignment. And you have accountability. You can't compromise, you can't play games with the devil because the devil will take you out in that open door. You're authorized, you have authority, responsibility for the assignment and accountability to God. You get those three legs in proportion, you won't, you won't falter, you'll go through the door. What happened was they anointed David with the anointing of recognition. Now the anointing of the Holy Ghost that was on him said, okay, let's go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a city set up on a hill. Jerusalem is a city set up on a hill. And on the top of that city is a beautiful place called Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the place in which the body of Christ needs to get to. It's the place where in the spirit realm you can have authority over the natural realm. In my two minutes here, I want to catch this again. You have this, there is an authorization God's given you. You are authorized. And with that authorization comes responsibility for the assignment that God gave you. If you only knew your assignment clearly, you'd know the favor that is on you and realize that that favor is, is going to go to work for you. You don't have to take it personally. You don't have to have your ego involved. Just go and do what God calls you to do. The doors will open. And then you're accountable. These are the, this is the three-legged stool of authority. My dad taught me this when he trained me in management when I was a kid. Every manager has authority to manage. You have responsibility for a certain part of the company, and you have accountability for managing well. All right, here's my last minute. When you are walking up this hill of the Lord... You're going to go through the open door. There's one door to access this level. There's one door to access this level. There's another door that starts it all. It starts off with recognition, the anointing of recognition, the favor of God. Then it will see open doors into your assignment. You're going to go up the hill of the Lord, my friend. You're going to go up. And what we're going to do is later on, we're going to come back to this. We're going to see that one level is the way. One other level is the truth revealed and then the other level is the life. God wants us to go from the way of salvation to the truth of sanctification to the life in the spirit where the glory of God is exhibited. Woo! Mount Zion mantle, you are authorized. Grab hold of it. For your uh, gift of any amount, I want to be able to partner with you this year and you want to partner with me. 
because we're going to go through the open door, and I don't care what adversaries you've got, you will go through it. And I'll see you again next week. God bless you. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.